G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Our Middle East reporter is Ron Ross and he's joining me on the phone once again. Welcome, Ron. Thank you, Tracy. Well, talking more about ISIS today, a UN report says the organisation is crucifying men, women and children and they're doing it in very public locations. And demanding that local people attend uh, the gruesome events. The report is called The Rule of Terror Living Under ISIS in Syria and it gathered information from many local people in ISIS-controlled areas. It says ISIS has beheaded, shot and stoned men, women and children in public spaces in towns and villages across northeastern Syria. Uh, To combat the atrocities, uh, the UN panel recommends cutting off the supply of weapons that ISIS receives, giving psychosocial support to children associated with armed groups, and providing uh, specialised medical services to support victims of sexual violence because they said that uh, rape and sexual abuse of children is also rampant. So you can't get much more brutal or or horrible than uh, the ISIS outfit. No, that's right. And, of course, it's been making headlines a lot in the last 24 to 48 hours with the execution of another American aid worker and also some Syrian refugees. Yes. All right, let's look at uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and what he has done, and that, I suppose, in some senses is draw a parallel between Iran and nuclear weapons and what ISIS does with guns. Yes, in a report on Sunday, uh, he said he wanted the world to imagine what it would be like if Iran had nuclear bombs. Of course, he's terrified that the United States is going to some, come into some agreement, a compatible arrangement, Uh, to try and get Iran to fight against ISIS and others. Uh, He said one need only think about what Islamic State would do with guns and trucks. Imagine what Iran could do uh, with nuclear weapons. He's worried that the six powers prefer to reach a bad deal rather than walk away from the talks without an agreement. And he thinks that Obama has painted himself into a position where he needs to pull off a deal rather than come across as a failure once again. He said, look at what ISIS, the Islamic State, is doing now with assault rifles and pickup trucks. Just imagine what Iran would do if it had nuclear weapons. So uh, he's very concerned, Israel's very concerned, and a few of us are quite amazed that even this talk of a relationship in any way with Iran... It's quite amazing. Yeah, that's right. I think Benjamin Netanyahu makes a very valid point there. Uh, Hamas's leader says the group is planning some terror attacks. They'll do it from Judea and Samaria. Yes, the, he's a senior Hamas leader. Mahmoud al-Zahar declared on Sunday that the terrorist group is planning to develop its capabilities to carry out terror attacks against Israel from Judea and Samaria and that it intends to continue to lead the Palestinian camp, which advocates for armed struggle until Israel is destroyed. Al-Zahar, who spoke in Gaza, 
said that the movement views the carrying out of the terror attacks from Judea and Samaria as important and plans to use available means and new methods such as stabbing and hit-and-run attacks against Israelis. He further said that in the last war, Hamas's rockets reached as far as Haifa and that now the time has come to increase the range and destructive power of the missiles so that they can hit at any point in Israel. So this is a grave concern coming from a group uh, that, uh, again, the uh, negotiators would like Israel uh, to come to terms with as far as a peace talk concerned. Yes, and yet on every level they seem to be looking at other avenues for destruction. Yeah, and these threats have come just days after the Hamas military wing warned of renewed violence unless Israel allows reconstruction of Gaza. We're saying to all sides, if the siege on Gaza and the obstacles of reconstruction remain, there will be a new explosion, said Abu Obadiah, a spokesman for the Izzadin al-Qassam terrorist brigades. Talking on issues of Islam, there's a pastor in Israel that's been treated for acid burns and he says that the West doesn't really understand the reality of the Islamist theology. Was he attacked by members of that same theology? Yeah, he's a a Ugandan pastor and a Christian convert from Islam. And he said that uh, before his Christian days, he was taught that Jews are to be the most hated people by God. He had no relationship with Jews. He didn't even know where Israel was on the map, but he was taught to hate it. He said Muslim hate is mainly religiously based. And when he became a Christian, all of a sudden the preachers were talking about love and a lot about Israel. In an interview, he said that his most recent attack, uh, acid attack threatened his life and severely damaged his face. It's a part of the Islamic mind, he said, and the Western mind refuses to accept the reality of Islamic ideology. On December 24, 2011, Muslims in Uganda threw acid on him and severely burned his face, neck and back. He was transported to Sheba Medical Center for treatment with the help of Israeli friends and has been returning regularly for treatment. He was born a Muslim but is now the head of the Gospel Life Church International in Uganda's capital, Kampala. Certainly puts things into perspective when you hear somebody speaks like speak like that, doesn't it? Yeah, we have so much political correctness, we can't tell the public the truth anymore. Well, it's one of those things that we need to continue to pray about, of course. It's, it certainly shows no sign of abating. I noticed, too, that uh, Israel's economy's taken a little bit of a dive. Yeah, the lo- it's the worst hit uh, in five years uh, and causing grave concern. And I was thinking this morning, you know, there's a recession now in... Uh, Japan, and uh, this report out of uh, Israel, which says the growth for all of 2014 is projected by the Bureau to be 2.2%. That's the finance ministry in Israel. And uh, uh, after the 50-day war, I'm sure uh, that was a huge economic impact on Israel. The Bank of Israel had previously said growth in the quarter was likely to be zero or negative due to the war, a time when many factories had sharply curtailed activity amid heavy rocket fire from Gaza, while consumers opted to stay home. So it's, that's a very important topic for prayer right now for Israel and the Israeli people. That's Ron Ross, our Middle East reporter. Ron, as always, good to talk to you. We'll look forward to it again next week. Thanks, Tracy.
Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.